Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Ken Bader. Ken, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back, Henry. Always great to talk to you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to chat about building a strong culture in your small business, what, why that matters, and how to go about doing so. We hear a lot about culture in big organizations and corporations, and maybe some of us, we think, well, that's not necessary in our smaller business, or we may not know how to go about uh, developing a strong culture. So we're going to chat about that with Ken. I said welcome back because Ken actually was on our show back on episode 62 back in December of 2016. So he and I have chatted too, not since then, I've had an opportunity to be on his show called Cool, cool Culture Corner. That sometimes is a hard one for me to say. It's easy for you to say. Exactly. <laughs> I had the opportunity to be on his show not too long ago and, and we chatted a little bit about culture and I thought, you know, he has so much knowledge in this area, I wanted to have him back on. He has a book that he wrote, actually when he was on back in 2016, it had just recently come out successful book called Formula for Business Success, which equals B plus C plus S, where the C stands for uh, culture. And so part of that formula of his business formula is culture. He believes really strongly that culture is at the heart, one of the key components to having a successful small business. If you want to receive more information about the How of Business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So a little bit more about Ken, for those of you who may not have listened to that episode. If you do want to get all of his background, his uh, entrepreneurial experience, had an opportunity to explore that with him back on episode 62. But Ken or Kenneth Bader uh, had a successful corporate career, including a position as VP of business development and marketing for a very large company. Then he started his own consulting firm about 18 years ago, and he's currently an author, a speaker, a consultant, and as I mentioned, he's also a podcaster. Ken lives in the Los Angeles, California area, and so once again, Ken Bader, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Henry. I appreciate it. All right, let's uh, let's get into culture, Ken. Uh, I'd like to start with you defining for me what what you have as a definition of culture. What do you think it means? The, the way that I defined it is the experience we need to create both for and through our employees. And just a, a little bit more color on that is a lot of times, you know, we think of from a branding standpoint, we think of customer experience, you know, as a branding function or maybe even a marketing function. Uh, I truly believe at its core, the customer or member or client experience begins with that C in the B plus C plus us. I think that it's extremely difficult, not impossible. I've actually seen it once or twice, but I think it's almost impossible to be able to create a very positive, exceeds expectation customer experience without having a very, very strong employee experience where people actually want to come to work um, or at the very least, you know, aren't uh, lying awake at night <laughs> dreading the fact that they have to be there in the morning. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my, my definition is creating an experience 
both for and through our employees. Yeah, I love that. I love that definition. Obviously, you've all given us a lot of thought and study. I think a little another, bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you, may have, you may have written a book about it. Um, Possibly. You know, I, I, the other way I look at it, which which I know you do as well, is that in a small business, I, one of the ways I like to explain it is it's how your business behaves when you're not there or or somebody right. else who's who's you know the the, the taskmaster, the person who's in charge. When you're away, how does that business behave? And I think culture is what it falls back on. That that's how it behaves exactly. in part. Yeah. For a small business, then you know. So I, in my experience, having worked at corporations, culture there gets developed for all kinds of different ways, and really for even some other reasons beyond why we need it in a small business, including in a big corporation. It's part of getting them to have us stay with them. Although maybe it is the same thing in a small business, but in a small business where I'm there often or on a regular basis or me and my partner or me and my spouse, why is it so important that we have a strong culture in a small business, especially if it's a small business where, you know, I'm the voice I identifies as me. Maybe I'm Mm. maybe even the, the, the principal deliverer of whatever it is that we offer. Why does it matter to me as a small business owner? Well, I think it's even more important in small business than big business. You know, you think about it, to use an example, let's say Citibank screws up. Yeah, they have all their their systems and branches and ATMs and all these other things in place where as a customer, you might be ticked off with a bad customer experience or a bad cultural experience, but you're like, you're already tied to them. You, you know, I got the card, I got all these ATMs, da, 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 da. you know, the, I'm not even going to bother changing banks, even though they, they upset me so much. For a small business, you know, you don't have all those systems, all those other pieces and places. So at the end of the day, it's, it is truly all about that relationship. You know, where even if you, you do make a mistake and you can make that connection with the customer, with the member, with the client, that in and of itself can save you. And, and one of the nice things, too, uh, is that I truly believe that it's easier to build culture in a small business than it is in a large business. You know, if you have, you know, using the Citibank analogy, if you have, uh, you know, thousands of branches you know, how much harder is it to try to build a consistent culture than when you're, you're just two or three people, for example? It's just yourself or you're a solopreneur. Would, would you then equate culture with also maybe similar or the same thing as your integrity? In other words, how you conduct yourself through your business? Sure, that's, that's certainly a part of it. Do you, do you see that? I mean, in other words, well, how else do you see it that if I'm a, if I'm a business of one, uh, this culture comes through in the way that I behave, the way I interact with partners that are subcontractors or, and of course, my customers, right? I think, I think you know, integrity is certain, certainly part of it. I think that uh, professional respect is, is where I would put it. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example from, from my own experience. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier in your show other business opportunities and ventures that I'm involved in. I also own, run, and manage the police officers' credit union association. And we have one annual conference, this annual, go figure, uh, one, <laughs> one annual conference every year. And when we have that, when we're on site at a hotel or a restaurant, 
I go out of my way on the first day before any of the attendees show up to, to make a true connection with all the people, whether it's a bartender, uh, a waitress, uh, a server, uh, the hotel staff, uh, whoever that is, I go out of my way to you know introduce myself and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to being on the team with you and creating a great event. And when they call me Mr. Bader, I correct them right away. And I said, please call me Ken. You know, we're all equals here. We're all trying to get a job done. Um, now they don't specifically work for me as employees. But, they, but I'm going to count, count on them during this event. And if I treat them like they're second-class citizens or I come in with an attitude of, hey, I'm spending you know, 10, 15, $20,000 on this event, you, know, you better be you know, kissing my behind for the next three days. I'm not going to get the execution when I really need it. I think that to answer your question specifically, you know, professional respect, especially when they're not an employee and they could walk away from you at any time, I think is a real key to building a culture on that team. Okay, I, I understand your perspective there then. Um, going back to the point of it's easier for small business, I don't disagree with you. However, I can see where if, if I'm a... <laughs> and this is contradictory, if I'm a dictator or everybody has to go through me or every question has to be answered by me, uh, the business is all be. I'm not delegating anything. In fact, I undermine people in making decisions. Then that, it's impossible to have a culture. Then, well, you will have a culture. It's just not a positive culture. It seems right. that, that the organization is going to be able to, to really be successful with, right? So sometimes it seems like in a small business, it's the owner or owners that can get in the way of, de of developing and, and fostering a strong culture. Absolutely. Yeah, it's again, as I mentioned before, you know, to have that type of a negative culture, uh, while it isn't impossible to provide a positive customer experience, it's very, very difficult and frankly, very expensive. Because you wind up with a very fast-moving revolving door where, where employees are coming in, either in your HR department if you have that or just simply in your back door because you know, people get fed up. Employees just quit. And I painted a pretty negative picture. It also can apply even where you might be the nicest of people and treat people very well, but you never uh, develop a culture where people can have been empowered, the people that work with you, have been empowered to make decisions, have been empowered to do things unless without, without you being there. And so that can be a challenge for small business owners as well. This is Henry Lopez briefly interrupting this episode to invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you are experiencing, and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing your existing small business, I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching session, just visit thehowofbusiness.com or Simply text the word BizCoach, that's B-I-Z Coach, to 31996. But I want to move on, Ken, a little bit more from the employee's perspective. 
when you have a good positive culture in a small business, what have you seen as to some of the ways that that impacts employees positively? In other words, why do they care? And why is it important to an employee that you do have a good, strong, positive culture? Well, I think that everybody wants to be part of a winning team. Uh, or almost everybody. There are certain personalities that just enjoy working alone in a closed room, and I understand that. Uh, but I think the majority of people want to be uh, on a team that's winning. I think they want to be on a team that enjoys being on a team together. Um, I also think that they that people innately want to succeed. They want to see the business grow, uh, and they want to be a part of that. Yeah, I, I don't think that anybody, you know, really, you know, wishes, you know, boy, I just hope that I can get a job someday that'll pay my rent, that I go in for eight hours and, and don't enjoy and then come home. And that's where my enjoyment is. Uh, you know, we spend, you know, most of our time at work. Um, so we want to have a positive experience. And one last point that I will I will make on that is I truly believe that the majority of us want some structure to this too. You know, it's not just about, you know, have playing games and having fun for, for eight to 10 hours at work. You know, it's also about having some structure. So we're also getting things done while we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah. Um, I, I think you, to, you, you made the point of the dictator. I think a lot of times as an owner and going past that to a leader or mentor, uh, we, we think that we need to be one of the extremes that we either need to be that dictator because otherwise people are going to take advantage of us and we, we have to micromanage, we have to force people to do work, uh, we have to dictate exactly what's going to happen minute by minute, you know, or we go the other extreme, and I've seen this at restaurants a lot. Uh, the other extreme is, well, I don't want to be that dictator. I want to be liked. I want people to get along, so I'm not going to correct bad behavior. Um, I'm not going to come down on people. And when you're that other extreme, then employees create bad relationships with other employees. It's like, well, you know, this person didn't clean up after their table when that's one of the rules that we have here or should be one of the rules, but I do that. But, you know, this person's not being held accountable for that. So now, now there's a rift. Now I'm upset and it creates a negativity in the culture. So going somewhere in the middle and having that structure. You know, which, and we'll get to this later, I'm sure. I think that service standards is the foundation to the structure. Have, being somewhere in the middle of the dictator and the, and the good friend and having some structure is, is where you find success in culture building. Yeah, I agree. And I agree that that's what, uh, that's what people look for. They, like you said, they want to work somewhere where they have pride in what they're doing, their contribution, what the team is doing, that there's some level of fairness and that the, the owner or owners really believe what they say, right? There has to be honesty there at that level, not just, as I say, the, you know, the employee of the month plaque on the wall at a bad fast right. restaurant that means nothing, right? They, they mm-hmm. have to, it has to be genuine. It has to be real and it has to be consistent. And you, you've touched on those things. And the, the next point I want to get to, which we've touched on, and, I, and we had an opportunity to deep dive on when I was on your show I I agree with you that I think it's impossible to deliver any kind of consistently good customer service if you don't have a strong culture. That's been my experience. Yeah, I'd say I agree with you 98% of the time. Uh, There is one example where it was more of a dictatorship cult 
type of a culture <laughs> rather than yeah, a true yeah. culture. Yeah. Uh, but the only reason that they, and they had a revolving door, people came and got and, and left. If they weren't going to just buy into the cult and just blindly listen uh, to exactly what, what they were told and then do it. There was, there was a pretty big revolving door on a lot of different departments there. And this is, this is a $12 billion organization. Um, and they spent a lot of money. It was very, very expensive. They were able to do it and create a very good, consistent customer experience with new people in that revolving door. But damn, Henry, it was expensive. A couple other examples can, that come to mind, um, going back to the conversation we just had about the employees and them caring and what they look for, what, what I have found, and it's also one of the clues that you do have a strong culture, is that when, when somebody doesn't fit in, either because they were a bad match for the culture, for their position, or for whatever happened, you know, they may have started out doing well and then have, have slacked off and they're not performing, there's two things that I've seen happen, and this is a good clue that you have a strong culture, is that the rest of the team will call them out. They may not do it right away, but you're going to get that feedback. Hey, uh, Frank is not performing. And then what they look for is, do you do anything about it within a reasonable period of time, right? That's, that's what employees right. look for as well. At least that's what I've found. Yep, I agree with you 100% on that one, uh, that if you've done things properly, uh, especially going back to the service standards, if the staff, if you've, if you've created those service standards, not from the top down, but from the foundation uh, through, you know, those people will be bought into the, the cultural elements, if you will. Uh, and they will police, um, as you alluded to, new people and other people and say, you know what, that's just not how we do things here, man. Uh, and that's, and, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's when you get a clue that, you know, Hey, you know, we, we got something special. Yeah, we're, we're doing something the right way here. Let me give you another example, uh, that we've applied in our businesses before. And then we still do rather is we have a manifesto. We have a declaration mm -hmm. that we internally, and we also share with, with customers depending on the situation, but we actually share a subset of that in the interview process. This is how we behave mm -hmm. here at this organization. And, and it, it's everything from how we treat the customer to how we behave with each other to little things like whether we use our cell phone when we're on the clock, all of our different rules as to how we do things here. I think that those, that's not all of it, obviously, but it's one of those pillars or, or foundation components of our culture and, and the reason we have a successful culture. That's my thought there, that you have to, define that for people and, mm -hmm. and you have to share it with them and tell them this is how we behave here. Exactly. I think that while you mentioned it may not be all of it or everything, I certainly think that that is a very key and strong linchpin to what you're building. Uh, I use the term uh, in a number of different occasions and venues of branding the experience. Mm -hmm. And I often clarify that when I talk about branding the experience, it's not only for the customer or prospect, it's for the employee. And what you just mentioned is a great example of branding the experience that in the interview process, you're giving them a glimpse of your brand and your culture of who you are. 
And right in that very sentence or right in that very first meeting, one of two things is going to happen. Either one, you're going to have somebody of quality that begins to get it right from the start before they're even hired or which is also a positive, you get somebody that self-selects themselves out of that process. Absolutely. And uh, we've had yeah. both happen. Both of those things happen yep. exactly as you're describing. Exactly. Um, because people, people are, we're, we're telling them, this is how we behave here. And people, there's the majority of people like that and say, oh, this is refreshing. But there are those who's like, you know what? That's not for me. And that's great. That way we don't, we don't get to the point where we've hired you and then we have to let you go when it's not a fit. Now, part of that, of course, is right. then, the the training that we provide an employee as they start and and not throwing them in front of the customer and let the customer train my employee it's the ongoing coaching it's all of those things that i think create uh that positive culture talking about signals clues that tell us that we've got a good strong culture what else what else when you observe or you help clients with this can they look for to say Yep, I, this is an example of a strong culture. What are those other clues that you look for? You know, one of the one of the clues to a strong culture is some of the comments, specific comments that you might get in a survey or on Yelp um, or in a focus group or even one on one with a customer and an owner. Uh, in that, it's one thing to just give somebody five stars out of five stars, but when there's comments like, for instance. Um, you know, Jen wasn't there today, and that's usually who I work with. But you know what? Steve took care of me great, you know, just as well as Jen did. You know, if because you're not always going to be working with the same person. Uh, I think that if you he begin hearing from your customers and they're communicating in one way, shape, or form that they're dealing with multiple people and they're getting a continual great experience, you know, that's a real key to me that you got something special there. Uh, and when when I, you're executing consistently and, right. and only a strong culture really fosters that. Exactly. And the culture has created that consistency where, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, whether, whether you're, you know, it's, it's a coffee shop, um, the local credit union, you know, the hair salon, you know, where, you know, yeah, those are examples of some places where, you know, you usually work with the same person, you know, or go to the same person. But, you know, if that individual isn't there, uh, and you have somebody else doing your hair or you have somebody else getting your coffee where you have like five nuances to it uh, or somebody else that's doing your, your transaction at the local neighborhood credit union and you're getting you know, a very, very similar experience and you're leaving as happy as you would with you know, your usual contact. Um, that tells me that the culture has created that experience and not necessarily just the individual. Yeah, love that. And especially when I'm not there as an owner and I get that feedback that tells me it's mm -hmm. working, we've done something well. Yep. Uh, and also then, of course, you touched on it and what we can look at it is from both sides, the retention of your employees. Now, there's other factors that come into play with employee retention, but I hear that consistently when you ask people, who have been somewhere longer than normal for that particular industry or, or, or location or what have you, they'll say, I, I just like it here. I like the way they treat people here. And so that's the other way that, that it manifests itself, I think, Ken, is how the employees will tell you why they stay there. 
Yes, I've, there are, I've, I've seen it and I've actually done it myself in the 90s where I've stayed at a place for less money than I could get someplace else in salary or, or perks or what have you because, you know, I felt, you know, I, 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 I enjoy this culture and I know I don't have chaos and issues here as an employee. Why would I take the chance to go someplace else where the grass might look a little bit greener, but once I get into it, I might be disappointed that I left. Yeah, and I suspect you also felt like your contribution was valued. Yes. Yes, and that was, you know, that's a great point because in that particular example, um, you know, I had a, a real strong connection with the CEO and COO and I said, you know, I, I really don't want to give that up to somebody that, you know, I don't know if I'll have that relationship with. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the flip side of it, the negative of it. When we don't have a strong culture or don't have a culture at all, uh, we talked about employee turnover as being one of those signals, one of those clues. Of course, it's going to manifest itself in poor customer service, inconsistent or bad reviews. Any other things that come to mind that's, that give you that clue? Like when you go and start working with a new client, you observe these things often that tells you the culture is broken here. Yeah, just, just some of the usual, Henry. Um, you know, you, you see this little backbiting between employees. Um, there's, there's one particular client that I've begun working with uh, about six months ago. And there are these little clues that I get that, well, you know, so-and-so is complaining to such-and-such. And, And, you know, that we can't put these two people uh, in the same shift because they just don't get along. Um, the, this, this person is constantly complaining about this individual and they're all different individuals. You know, if it's just two people, it's like, all right, well, let's just deal with that, that two person problem. But when you have a staff of 12 and you have six or seven people that for one reason or another, just aren't happy with each other and are constantly back biting and it's it's like you know a, a kindergarten or it, it's child stuff uh you know all right you know you, we, we haven't built a culture where we're there specifically to achieve a goal yeah. uh because i've seen and you've seen it too henry i've seen plenty of teams uh where there are a number of people that you know aren't going to go have a beer with each other after work uh they're they're not going to invite them to you know their children's picnic or birthday party or whatever they want nothing to do with them outside of work but when they're in work they work very well together exactly yes exactly. and, and, and that's and, why this is such yeah. a tough one such a tough question ken because um there, there, and the other thing is there's always there's always going to be drama where you have people in an environment right and so it's this is a sure. but when you hear like you said when you interview multiple people or you're doing your reviews of multiple people and you hear this continuous bickering or people throwing others under the bus or those kind of things, those are likely evidence of a weak or bad culture in your small business. And, it, and it's something you sure. really to look at and evaluate. The other thing that can happen is, you know, you start to have favorites either because they're related to you or you yes. liking to them that can undermine a culture real fast in a small business as well, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, I also understand that, you know, sometimes you have your star players. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that, yes. you, that you're always going to go to. Uh, and those but, star you know, players, of- we, we do get let them get away sometimes with some things. And 
I think that's only normal. I think it's, it's human nature, right? I mean, it's, you're going to have some of that. I think that, you know, a star player, you know, earns the the benefit of the doubt with certain things. Uh, but there's also in, in a culture, there's certain non-negotiables. Um, and if that star player is allowed to come 15 minutes late, um, three days out of five, uh, and the others are held accountable to, you know, you will be here 15 minutes before your shift to be all set and ready that's going to create a really, really big rift. Yeah, yeah, it's such a great um, point. Yeah, because it, that can yeah. slowly but surely undermine your culture. And the other thing that happens, Ken, particularly in sales uh, departments or organizations, is that that star individual player, we tend to want to make the manager. And then we've got a real problem mm. with culture <laughs> being slowly but surely eroded. Yeah. Yeah. Not every star player, you know, you look at sports, you know, you look at some of these guys that were you know, all Hall of Famers that just you know, couldn't coach. Uh, because they couldn't understand, you know, why, uh, <laughs> why you can't, uh, uh, and I forget the analogy and I won't hold uh, up our conversation for that, but you can't, you know, they were such a great player that they can't understand why you can't see the seams of the ball coming to you at the plate. I mean, right. most, most people can't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the expectations are unrealistic because they have a particular gift that everybody doesn't have. But all right, let's move on. I want to start to close it off, but there's two perspectives I want to get your thoughts on as far as building culture. Let's start with, I'm about to launch my first business or a new business. What are uh, briefly a couple of key things that I need to do from the start to make sure I have an opportunity to build a strong culture? What, what are some of those things I do with a, a new business? Two specific things that, that I suggest. One, I've been suggesting for years and years and years, and I think is the very first linchpin to the whole B plus C plus S formula, and that's service standards. Create service standards. Uh, if you're just starting a business and you're an army of one and you don't have employees yet, um, then I would start writing down some service standards based upon the, the vision and mission of what you're trying to accomplish in your business. Uh, and for your audience, service standards are very, very specific. Um, things like Subway has, I believe, a three-second rule that when somebody walks through the door, uh, we want to greet them within three seconds, such as welcome to Subway. Um, it's, as I mentioned before, you will be at your station 15 minutes before your starting time. We will get back to customer issues and problems within 24 hours. They're very specific as to this is what service means here. Uh, obviously, if you're just starting a business and you already have some folks that you know that are going to be a part of the team, uh, then go to the team and begin creating service standards. Because I truly believe the more the entire organization chart is involved in the creation of the service standards, not only the better they will be, but more buy-in you will have. And the second thing which ties into uh, this service standard concept and the way that I suggest creating them is, and this has been my mantra for probably the last 12 months or so, is going from communication to engagement to involvement. That involvement is your goal. So going back to the service standards example, we're not just communicating. We haven't just created them on the top and said, hey, here are your service standards. I'm communicating this to you. This is what you're expected to follow. 
uh, or just simply doing engagement, which has been such a big buzzword the last five to 10 years. Uh, engagement is more like, hey, you know what? We created these service standards. You know what? Give me your opinion. Tell me what you think. Well, you know, that's a higher level and that's certainly engaging your employees, uh, but it's not to the level, the ultimate level in my mind, which is involvement. Uh, or as you have talked about empowerment of saying, you know what? The service standards, because they're for all of us, are too important for me as the CEO or owner to create. It's for all of us. So I don't even want to be involved in the initial stage. I want you to create them. Uh, here's an example of what I'm looking for. I want you to create them either, either as a team or individuals and then come back and let's discuss them and hone them and all have input, all have involvement in this so we can create something that is going to be a living, breathing, valuable thing. Uh, so that second piece, again, is going from just simple communication to engagement, to true involvement for all of your employees. That's what I would think of right from the start. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. Thanks thanks for sharing that. Those are great insights. And I got to think then that to the next question I was going to ask you, if I have an existing small business and I know my culture either is non-existent or broken, it seems like that's uh, one of the ways that I can start to fix that. What else can I do if I've got a situation where I have a bad culture, how do I begin to fix it? Yeah, certainly do those two things. Use, use the tool of creating service standards and going to involvement. Uh, but what you probably need to do right before those two action steps uh, is, is probably admit that you know, we got a bad culture uh, and, and admit it publicly, not to, to your customer base necessarily unless you, you, you need to for, for certain reasons, but definitely to your employee base uh, to be able to say, you know, hey, you know what, you know, maybe I have acted like a dictator. Maybe, maybe I am the problem, but you know what, I can see in the numbers and I can see in the examples that we have a bad culture. Uh, and even maybe saying, you know what, we don't have bad employees, we don't have a bad team here, but we've got obviously have a bad structure. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like the whole, you know, you have to admit that you have a problem <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Before, before you can fix it. And, right. and what, what, better, what better way to do that in terms of culture than to admit the problem with everybody else uh, in the org chart on the team and getting their involvement to fix it because yeah. that's the only way you're going to fix it anyway. No, absolutely. And, but, but then also, as you just alluded to, and you mentioned earlier, sometimes you have to get help. Sometimes you need some, an outside professional uh, perspective to help you understand here are all the ways that it's broken because often as you've touched on as well, we're, we're the source of the problem a lot of times, right? I mean, we, we, right. we are because we're, we're the owner. We're the one that either allowed this to develop for whatever combination of reasons or are, we're not aware enough to understand that this was happening, or we may just have not had the skills, right? That's the other challenge for us as we become first-time business owners is, and a lot of us, nobody taught us how to do this. So it either comes to us naturally, or we have to learn and get help with developing a culture within our small business. Yeah, so, you, need to, you need to call a Henry Lopez or a Ken Bader. Exactly right. So, <laughs> so speaking of that, Ken, summarize for us the, the services that you do currently offer your clients. 
everything that I offer uh, comes within the the buckets of brand, culture, and strategy. Um, and to your point, just as, as one step back from that, you know, of going and asking for help, um, I certainly do in my business. I have consultants, advisors, and mentors. Uh, it certainly isn't a failure to have to do that. Um, in fact, yeah, I will admit that you know one of the benefits that, that I bring is I've been humbled with a lot of failures where I've had to go out and find those advisors and mentors. Uh, and I was never that star player. I was never that straight A guy. So I can understand why somebody else couldn't understand. <laughs> so the whole the whole offerings that I offer, you know, come with helping with that understanding, whether it's uh, in branding where we, we do a whole brand review on your culture, obviously. Uh, we, we do a culture review as well. In fact, one of the services that, uh, that I've begun to offer in the last three years since the last time I had the pleasure of being on your show uh, is what I call a B plus C plus S audit. Uh, in essence, it's a, a brand audit on steroids where we go deeper into certain cultural aspects uh, and strategy aspects uh, where in filling out the questionnaire and then spending an hour of time with me, whether it's in person or via video, we, we pinpoint specific issues uh, that are going on in the business. And even if that's the only service you ever use with me, uh, that, then I give you specific tips where you could DIY uh, it on your own. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, I do have uh, private clients where we meet uh, for as little as an hour a month, uh, sometimes 10 to 15 hours a month, uh, depending on where the branding, culture, or strategy issues are. Uh, and then uh, the, the other piece that I offer quite a bit and I really enjoy uh, is actual strategic planning facilitation uh, where uh, where I go in for a day, two days, three days, whatever uh, the uh, retreat or program is and, and walk the management team and sometimes board through a strategic process uh, whereby we have a tangible plan and specific goals that are, are tied to our mission and vision uh, when we're when we're done with the program. Right, and I think you've got a, a special offer for our listeners on a, on a strategy session. Is that right? Yes, and I don't offer this uh, very often. Periodically, uh, I'll offer as many as 10 maximum uh, sessions, of meaning 10 individual people, not 10 sessions for one business or one individual uh, because I spend a half an hour and it takes a little bit of, of back time for me because I it's not a 30-minute sales pitch. Uh, it's a 30-minute deep dive into your biggest problem. Uh, so for all of those folks that are part of your audience, uh, if you go to our website and go to the Contact Us page uh, and put in 30-minute no-obligation strategy session uh, and mention that you are a listener of the uh, How of Business podcast, uh, when I'm offering those 10 in a month, uh, I will put you at the top of the line for one of those 30-minute complimentary, no-obligation, uh, no-selling uh, strategy sessions where we really, really dig into the biggest problem of your brand, of your culture, of your strategy, of your business. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for that offer, Ken. 
Um, all right, let's just talk about books. Uh, obviously, your book we've been talking about. Again, it's called The Formula for Business Success equals B plus C plus S. And I'm always looking for a book recommendation. Last time you were on, you recommended The E-Myth. Is there another book that comes to mind that you would recommend? Yes. In fact, I just finished this about a month ago. The name of the book is Millionaire Success Habits, the Gateway to Wealth and Prosperity, and the author is Dean Graziosi, uh, G-R-A-Z-I-O-S-I. -I. Um, and as a side note, it's been, uh, it's a good example of part of my growth uh, over the last three years since the last time I spoke to you um, or was on your show. I've spoken to you a few times between them, uh, is that I've really dug into the whole mindset uh, concept um, that it's not just IQ, it's, it's EQ, um, and having the right attitude, you know, beginning with the right um, mindset uh, right from the start um, does take you to, to greater productivity and greater profits. Wonderful. Thanks for that recommendation. We'll have links to all of these books on the show notes page for this episode at thehowofbusiness.com. All right, let's wrap it up, Ken. Tell me briefly one, one thing you want us to take away from this conversation that we've had about uh, building a strong culture in a small business? You know, the, the two big things, again, and the one that I've been preaching for years is service standards. Um, if you implement them the right way uh, through your entire org chart, uh, even if that's the only darn thing that you do or take away from this show or anything that I talk about, that will help you uh, be just a little bit better uh, than your competitors that don't do that. Uh, and then the second thing is the concept of going from communication to engagement to true involvement, uh, that that will, will take you to the next stage of growth in your business. Wonderful. Yeah, that's, those are great takeaways. And then uh, for me, the other thing that I, that I think you, you hopefully heard throughout the whole conversation is it starts with me. It starts with the owner or mm -hmm. owners. Anything, this is not something you can delegate, you know, culture building is probably the most important thing that you do to ensure the success of your business. Of course, you got to manage your financials. You got to have a business model that works. You got to do all those things, but the, you're going to have a strong culture. You are, or you're not depending on your actions as the owner or owners. Absolutely. As go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You were going to say something to that. I was, uh, yeah, I was just simply going to say um, that you know, is, as, as I always say, uh, especially to owners that that culture will eat your brand for breakfast uh, and eat your strategy for lunch and there will be <laughs> no dinner for you that's right uh, which is which is kind of a fun little analogy to say exactly what you just said Henry <laughs> no, I love it I love it that's perfectly said uh, where do you want us to go online to find out more Ken the best place is simply the website uh, which is www btcinc.net that's b as in boy t as in tom c as in cat inc.net and, and everything is there including links to podcasts and video shows and articles and all that other fun stuff wonderful ken there's been a great conversation as always when we get together we can talk about business forever and i appreciate you taking the time to come back on the show and share all these incredible insights on building a culture. Thanks for being with us today. Completely my pleasure, Henry. Great being on the show again. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks again for listening to this episode of The How of Business. 
My guest today again was Ken Bader. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowabusiness.com. Or it's just easier to just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 right now, and I'll send you a link to all of this information, the show notes page, the book recommendations that Ken shared with us. All of that will be there. Just text biz to 31996. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.